Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, what happens when you have a lot of money and you're still not happy with your relationship. And this is the situation that a lot of people I work with are in. And before you start saying, boo-hoo, poor little rich people, I mean, everybody struggles, you know? <laughs> like, it's not like people that are wealthy are happy. So that could also reassure you, you know, if, if, you're, if, if you don't feel good about your finances, it's not like you don't get anything from listening to this because there's a much larger point at play, which is that uh, you really cannot um, just rely on any one thing to cure all of your problems. So that's the greater thing that you can get from this. But I also do want to speak to the specific situation of many of my clients who are uniquely situated in that they can buy everything they want except they cannot buy this thing, which is a happy relationship. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to tell you to subscribe. Of course, I have a new uh, subscriber-only episode out on when you hate certain people people or certain traits and what that really means about you. That's the most recent one. And that's good for anybody who grew up in a judgmental household and was criticized and shamed for anything. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, do whole spoiler for the episode though so you should really listen to it if you've ever struggled with anger toward anything or anyone that isn't like yourself and of course in the in the large scale like what does this podcast help you with overall hopefully one of the things is empathy and that's a that's an episode that directly relates to that and so does uh you know the the great majority of my episodes anyway um so now let's turn to the topic at hand. So obviously, uh, there's a lot of people in the world that can afford me and other self-pay therapists and who want the creme de la creme, or at least the person who puts out enough podcast episodes that you think I'm the creme de la creme. <laughs> um, and so a lot of what my clients have in common is they don't have to worry about money. Some of them are self-made, some of them are not self-made. They started out with some family money and built upon it. But either way, the, they, they do not have to worry about money. They don't make decisions in their life that are related to, can I afford this or this? I mean, sure, everybody would like to get a bargain, <laughs> but, but they, they don't say, are we going to be able to go on vacation this year or not? They don't even say, sometimes, uh, where is the cheaper place to go on vacation? They just kind of go where they want to go. And this takes a lot of work usually to get to this place in life. But when you're in midlife and you've gotten to this place or to whatever place is equivalent for you, you know, maybe you still have to choose where to go on vacation based on money, but not, not that much. You know, it can be anywhere you want, but not the four star, whatever the case may be. Either way, you do not on a regular basis make decisions hampered by money. A lot of these people, when they make enough money, they don't really have to do a job that they don't want to do anymore. So I do have some people who are retired, but I don't mean that per se. I mean that you can only do what you want to do for work. 
You know, you can uh, only do jobs that make you feel challenged and fulfilled versus having to do shit work. And then frequently one partner, often the woman, doesn't have to work at all. So she can volunteer or she can run an organization or she can do whatever the hell she wants. She can make her own nonprofit, you know, uh, or she could stay home with the kids, like whatever the case may be. So you would think that this sounds pretty good. However, if you're in this situation and you're listening, you're like, well, <laughs> there is a problem though. I cannot really actually buy the thing that I most want. And maybe you've never even phrased it like this in your own mind because, you know, you don't want to sound like a jackass or something. But th- that is kind of what underlies some of the sadness and confusion in some of the clients that I work with who have these issues. They can, they can work hard enough and have to then be able to buy anything that they want and to also opt out of shit that they don't want to do and to do stuff that they do want to do. So if they have a hobby, let's say the hobby is, you know, snorkeling. They could snorkel like a motherfucker. They snorkel with the best snorkeling equipment. They could snorkel anywhere in the world. Snorkeling is is never going to be moderated by money or time because they can be flexible in their time. So you know, to an extent, less than money. People all have the same amount of time, but you can opt out in different ways if you're financially secure in this manner. But what can't they do? Well, guess what? They have the same problems with intimacy as other people, but they even feel worse because, and here's why, when you are still Let's say you're a man listening to this, you're 30 years old. You have not made the amount of money you think you're going to make in your lifetime. Your wife is still working in her job that she doesn't really like very much. You may have a fantasy that your wife is not sleeping with you because she's so tired. And she's so tired because she has to do this job. Let's say she's a, a speech pathologist. This is a common job for women. They like children. They like talking. <laughs> you know, it's a good job. I don't have the patience to do it personally. But um, so your wife is a speech pathologist and you think, all right, one day she'll be able to only have a few clients if she wants to or no clients at all. And she'll be able to do all the things that she likes to do. And I'm going to be the one who provides that. So she then is, is going to be in, uh, is so happy with me. She's going to be in such a good place that she is going to want to sleep with me all the time. So what I really have to do is get there, take enough shit off of her plate, and then the world is going to open up before us. And this world is going to include sex, touching, kissing. She's going to be happy to see me when I walk in the room because I will have provided all of this. Now, there's other situations, obviously, where the man and the woman make equal amount of money. And they're both working very, very hard. And they both have this idea that when they get to whatever financial place is their goal, then they can both relax and spend so much time together. And the relationship will be better in whatever way. The female equivalent of this unfettered sex life that the man frequently yearns for is this emotional life and quality time. When we make it till X time, then when X amount of money and these things often coincide with the children leaving the house, say, then we will have infinity time. So he's never going to be too busy with work to talk to me. He's never going to be too busy making money and worrying about finances and traveling and all of that to have a conversation with me. We're going to have all these nice, relaxed weekends. We're going to do all these things. Now, notice it's not only about money. You can insert any sort of thing that, that, that is a goal for the couple. So for some people, it 
really is leaving the house. So I talked to some men that really feel that the damper on their sex life is having the children in the house. Yeah, this is true. But guess what happens alongside the, the children aging? Guess who else is aging? The both of you especially her. So there's a lot of men who, you know, forget that at 52, yeah, the kids are out of the house, but she's in menopause. So this sex arcade, this fantasia that you were predicting and hoping for ain't going to happen for that reason. But be that as it may, it could be money. It could be time. Those are really the, the things that people try to get more of in this life. And if you end up with enough of both, then you and then you're not having this fantastical communion that you thought that you would with your partner, it feels like a crazy joke. It feels like a nightmare. You've got everything. There's, there's Twilight Zone episodes predicated on this, you know, having everything you want, but you can't get that one last thing. And the last thing is the most important thing. For most human beings, it's evolutionary, it's biological, the desire to pair bond and to have a meaningful, sustaining relationship with another human being as manifested by, frequently for men, physical affection and sexual contact, and for women by emotionality, quality time. And, you know, obviously each gender can have all five love languages, you know, but um, again, playing it how it lays with what I see and the statistical variation therein in such that, you know, two-thirds of women... Uh, want more the other love languages <laughs> and two-thirds of men want the physical touch one not only the physical touch one but they certainly want that one so when people have enough money and or time to do and and frequently as I said at least what I see is that the man will buy the woman out of whatever thing she doesn't like to do including her job if necessary if she doesn't like it many women do like their jobs of course um, and, and he will think, okay, I've done it. I have achieved this now. Isn't she going to be relaxed and happy and want to be with me? And, or the woman will think, okay, he's gotten to this financial goal that he always wanted, you know, whether that is a certain yearly salary or whether that is a certain amount of money in the bank. And so now that he has this, what is going on that he still does not want to be close to me? And what's going on is that the money doesn't actually help, you know, because these are deeper issues and the people were just kind of fantasizing that they would be stopped by um, money or time. So if if you are if you hear yourself in this and you are young enough that you can really have a deep epiphany about this and change your tune, do it now. If you want to work on the sex life, you got to do it right now. There's going to be no amount of time and money in future that allows your uh, partner to open up in this new and different way. Now, there's an exception to this, which is immediate post-birth, right? So while you still have an actual baby that is not sleeping through the night, so until like, let's say... Uh, birth to age two really should be less than that for most people, birth to age one, uh, then yes, your wife is all sorts of fucked up. She's, her hormones are racing. The baby, not the good way, (laughs) not, not how you want her hormones to be racing. Her, her mommy hormones are racing, uh, that is creating a dyad with your child. She is breastfeeding. She is getting, her body is completely different than she thought, et cetera, et cetera. So in this case, this is a time where 
Yes, if you give her enough time and even money, because many women don't want to work uh, frequently right after the baby's born. So this is a case in which you really can make her life nice with time and money. And then later, she may feel closer to you and more like having sex. This is a whole different topic, which I touch upon in many posts and podcasts, where the young mother stage is a lot of, there's a lot of empathic ruptures that are rife, you know, to, to happen. And if you can get out ahead of that by being extra loving and supportive during that time, then later in your life, she will remember this positively. And uh, that can indirectly lead to a better sex life later on. However, if you are in the stage of life where you just have young children, but of young kids and you guys are both working this that the other and she's saying to you that she doesn't want to have sex with you because she's too tired and too busy you got to interrogate that because it's true that nobody wants to have sex when they're too tired and too busy but but you're tired and busy too you know like really so you still want to have sex so in what i see that's not usually the problem if it is the problem then Try your opt-out strategies now. You don't have to have all the money in the world. Nobody should be doing shit that they don't want to do. Ironically, it's your massive powerhouse push to end up with nothing to do and complete swaths of time that are just you know, unused that is stopping you from being present currently. So there's a lot of women that would have a much better sex life with their husbands at age 40, 50, 60, even if the man had just fucking been around, (laughs) you know, in their twenties and thirties and and forties, whatever, whatever, because she felt so disconnected and lonely during that time, the time during which she was making this big career push that then they have nothing in common later on when they, when he's actually achieved the goal. And again, there's women who are the primary breadwinner. I don't frequently see women with this mindset, this mindset that I am going to bust my ass so completely, doesn't matter if I have to travel, doesn't matter if I'm pulling 16-hour days, because usually the women... I don't know if it's biological or social. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's mostly biological, if you ask me. But they they see, like, the song Time in a Bottle is playing as they look at their toddler. And, you know, they're like, oh, my God, he's only going to be a baby this long. Oh, my God, he's only going to be in third grade this long. Oh, my God. So women are much more... Uh, usually, this is why women, even if they're on, like, this tremendously successful track, that's why they usually still do not do, like, you know, month-long trips or something for work. But so either way, whoever is the person in your uh, family unit, the, the adult who is saying, if I just, you know, buckle down for X amount of years, then we can have time to be together. This is a fool's errand. And the time during which you're buckling down is frequently the time during which the other partner feels lonely and disconnected, which is going to long-term do you no favors in terms of intimacy later on, will actually sabotage your chances. Now, if you are somebody who already is in this uh, dynamic, and now you do have all the time and the money, and your partner still doesn't want to be with you, frequently, this is a time of reckoning. A, there are empathic ruptures which have to be resolved, often due to you not being around and them not being around and everybody doing this push for for, um, career success at the expense of time together, such that now you really don't have much in common. And this can be worked on in couples counseling. And often it's not... um, 
it, it, it's not due to any one variable, you know. So, of course, menopause happens. This is not great. I've talked about women's body changing in their 40s in a previous podcast. Well, in your 50s, it changes even more. Um, and later on, like, they're, and, and men, by the way, their sex drive goes down too. So they're going to need more excitement, more intimacy, et cetera, just at the time when the women don't really want much at all. But also there's other kinds of connections. So the woman or the man may want closer conversations and time spent together. Now you have all this time and money to do it and nobody wants to do it because that's you, you got on this track where pe- other people are, have always come first, whether it's work, kids, whatever. And now when you're together, it feels kind of awkward and weird. So again, couples counseling can really help people to reconnect and to also resolve the empathic ruptures that happens in the younger years. But also there's like a mindset that needs to be worked on individually where it's almost like, um, you know, the ultimate narcissism, feeling that you can stop time somehow and just get it back when you want to. Like if you are pushing through your 30s a long time in order to make a certain amount of money and get to a certain place and then you're thinking that you could just pick that up like remember out of this world when Evie used to stop time putting her fingers together and then you know bam she puts her fingers together again and the world starts again she does not like that you can't do that with your kids and you can't do that with your spouse so thinking that you can thinking that there's a way to just like spend like a decade or more of your life in massive amounts of work and a punishing schedule and then when you want to reap the fruits of your labor you are going to is is crazy if you really think about it time has marched on in that time and something that a lot of men don't realize is a woman who's going to be, and this is if the woman is a primary breadwinner, do it in the inverse. The partner that is going to be cool with you working all the time, they don't need a lot of intimacy. <laughs> like you pick them because they're going to say, oh, you're going to be like, oh, I have to go to Dubai for work. And they're going to be like, okay. Like the woman who like really wants sex, intimacy, closeness is going to be up your ass saying, no, I hate this job. Don't, don't go. And you don't want that at that point of your life. You want to go to Dubai. (laughs) You want to make as much money as you can. You probably have issues like in the self-made man and the high achieving male posts and podcasts that I write about. And so the same woman that's very adaptive as a partner for a man that is focused on financial success primarily is not going to at age 50 turn and be like this compatriot that wants to like cuddle all the time and talk all the time because if they were that kind of person they would never have survived the early marriage on some level you picked somebody who would allow you to work you know x amount of hours a day that is much more than usual so this is another, you know, thing that people have to realize. It's similar if you were both working all the time constantly, then you both got a lot out of that and were wired to do that. And now, and, and you had created your whole lives with other people. So your, you know, your work colleagues spent so much more time with you than your spouse. 
So you can't just like pick that up again when you want to. So what you want to learn from this is if you feel like you are in this situation currently, you need to make like a massive deep dive in couples counseling and try to reconnect and see who you even really are now. You may not even know each other in the way that you think. You basically took a many years break from one another, you know, and and did not learn all the ins and outs of each other's evolving personalities, values, and goals, and who you really are now. Secondly, I don't want to, you know, bullshit you. Like sometimes these marriages don't work. You know, sometimes people have grown apart and they really did a successful, basically first marriage, the marriage during which there was all the working and child rearing. And then when it comes time to the second marriage, which is just going to be them on a yacht, they don't like each other. They each would rather someone else be there on the yacht, you know? And a lot of times there's also a disconnect in that, one partner, frequently the guy, thought that like it was obvious that they were going to retire together and do all this travel and all of this. And she was all the time being like, him, he's never going to retire. So I'm not going to retire. I'm going to keep on doing all these things I'm doing and then grandchildren are going to come. So she was thinking about that they would continue barely kind of seeing each other, but there would be other things like he would, you know, golf all the time or he would travel all the time uh, or he would be on boards and she would be with the grandkids or whatever. So frequently expectations are not even discussed. And this is a big thing that's done in couples counseling is what do you even want your life to look like now? Is it at all similar to what the other person wants? And people who are used to making a lot of money, they're used to getting what they want. So it doesn't usually go well to be like, well, you thought that you were going to sail around the world, but she would really rather be home in case your daughter needs help with a two-year-old. So sometimes (laughs) people just like split up. They either split up for real or they kind of split up in having like a marriage where they're basically separate, but they're ostensibly still together. They do holidays together and that kind of thing, but they basically live separate lives. And this works for many people and doesn't work for many other people. But if you are still in the area of life where it is the slog, where you feel like you're going to get to a place where you can buy your wife out of all of her uh, issues and stuff, so then she fully turns to you with this delighted, beaming face, and then you all have a lot of sex, no, it doesn't work like that. you got to stop right now and think and talk to your wife about the things that you want in a marriage and whether you working so hard is really going to get them or whether this is a fantasy. And does she even think truly that things would be very different if you, you know, she didn't have to be a speech pathologist anymore than my hypothetical random one or whatever she is, you know? I mean, she may love being a speech pathologist. <laughs> you know, she, you may think that she bitches and bitches about this job every day. So you're going to get her out of, out of the schools, out of whatever she's her group practice. And she may be like, I want to do this thing till I die. I never want to retire. So this obviously would be a pretty big disconnect and one which should really be discussed because it, it, You have no idea how many people are operating completely at odds with their partner in these major ways where their entire hypothetical future is different from what the other person envisions. And this is a lot of what people need to talk about if they want to redirect a potentially uh, 
terrible, you know, cataclysm that's coming down the road when they each realize that the other one wanted something totally different out of their lives. All right, so I hope that this gave you food for thought. And again, even if you're not in the situation where you can buy somebody out of their entire life, there are probably uh, parts of this that will speak to most people. Um, and uh, especially, I will also link you to the guy who thinks if he takes everything off his wife's plate, that she'll be happy. And that is like a, a smaller, th this podcast episode is like a more specific example of that. All right, I'll talk to everybody soon. Have a great day and please do subscribe.